0: Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast, I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Head of Corporate Affairs, and I'm joined by uh, my colleague, Jason Durden, our Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management. Uh, Jason, starting off with oil, there are always developments going on in the markets at the moment, but still tight, I gather. And what's happening to Russian oil on the market? Uh, Is Western Europe and America successfully managing to uh, secure embargoes, or is the oil just ending up somewhere else?
0: Hello, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, very interesting in oil at the moment, we're um, fundamentally the market in terms of where we're seeing natural gas and uh and power prices go is relatively range-bound testing or has tested over the last couple of weeks since we last spoke upside to the point where a couple of the uh the houses that uh, forecast have come out and um, some other banks have increased their expectations for 22 23. interestingly enough though every time we get towards the top of the range and just begin to move forward you know the technicals it seems to be come into play so over the last couple of weeks we saw 125 on the brent contract which was the highest it'd been for some for some months then suddenly we get a raft of the macro data economics um specifically around you know very aggressive fed last week on interest rates the bank of england following yet again albeit with a smaller uh, increase and suddenly the, uh, the the risk-off attitude of uh, doesn't the outlook look awful comes into play so there's there seems to be a very technically traded range here at the moment which and the narratives are, are wheeled out and the dust blown off them to suit whatever is actually going on in the market and those narratives are definitely a very tight product market obviously some real problems with uh, the west banning crude as well from from russia but interestingly we're seeing through the data already that over the last month six weeks The Chinese and uh, the Indians are importing 40% and 50% more crude from Russia in than they would normally do. So as with all these things, you know, the the market has a price and uh, at certain points, um, India and China are just loading up as much crude as they can, which, you know, that follows through in unless you've got huge exponential growth. Um, which certainly isn't true in in China at the moment based on what we understand about continued Covid restrictions. Um, That's just going to displace things like Saudi and uh, the the Dubai basket crudes um, to the point where effectively the crude market may be tighter, it may be slightly more problematic in terms of shipping, but actually, it's less tight than it first appears, and that feeds back into the whole narrative about the the product market, which is really quite interesting at the moment.
1: Right, and on that point, you know, how much of what those of us who are oil users directly or indirectly um, in business and elsewhere, either for fuel or as a feedstock and a you know a, a chemical for use in that industry. How much of the price increases is down to crude, and how much of it is constraints in refineries and distribution? Is it sort of a pretty tight mixture of the two?
0: Obviously, the crude will feed in, but actually, crude is trading ranges and levels that you know are not unfamiliar to any market watchers. Where we're seeing gasoline and uh, the Arbob uh, New York uh, quoted U.S. contract is the is the key watch here. We saw that peak at uh, an all-time high 425 just after we gathered last time for our, our last podcast, and that after a little bit of uh, intervention and perhaps some profit-taking from short-term players, um, is 55 cents, um, or a couple of days ago, it was 55 cents off of its high. There is some noise there, but to understand what's really going on, you have to look at refinery capacity, and it, it, it has disappeared. So there's a big East Coast uh, Philadelphia uh, refinery, uh, and there were one or two others in the States that have either gone offline completely since... Uh, 2019 Um, so therefore the effects of covid have kind of masked the uh, lack of capacity in the market of course the politicians are all wheeling out to say oh you know this is this is not fair biden famously Said uh, less than a week ago that the market needs to understand that the US is, you know, fighting for democracy in uh, war type conditions and this sort of profiteering wasn't to be, uh, you know, uh, encouraged or accepted. Well, a lot of political hot air. There's absolutely no basis in any of that that resembles any facts that, that are known about by, by proper industry watchers. You know, the bottom line is that there is a lot of capacity out in terms of gasoline cracking. Cracks beds are replacing, uh, you know, are reflecting that. And actually, there's probably less than 500,000 barrels a day that could could actually come back to market fairly quickly. There either needs to be new refinery builds or reopening of a uh, mothballed or closed plant. Uh, and that politically is quite difficult with the green agenda, um, sort of the forefront. And then we're, we're talking about, you know, the latest talk from the politicians, particularly the US is the federal gasoline tax, uh, you know, may be suspended for a while. Well, it really is rearranging debt chairs on the Titanic, this one, because it's about 5 cents a litre, which when you compare the UK's uh, fuel taxes are around 10 times higher than the Americans. So, I mean, it's just, it continues to be a failure To actually identify understand the facts and actually try and do something about them which as I see at the moment are there is a lack of refinery capacity uh, globally and specifically in the in in the US uh, for products and you know the only people that ever consume crude are refineries you and I don't use it that's for absolutely certain and at the same time the off-ramp on the energy crisis uh, Um, around the Russia-Ukraine thing has to be sought because, you know, we're now seeing the Russians actually who have pretty much flowed other fuels, particularly natural gas, um, they're beginning to tighten that up. So... I think the whole energy piece needs um, is looking for the off-ramp and some more positive news, but clearly very complex and very complicated, but there is no honesty being talked about by any of the politicians, specifically around you know the, the, the petrol crisis. I mean we know that that is the thing that, that, that hits every single one of us and, and feeds straight into these big, big inflation numbers. Indeed, and,
1: and you know, how that rhetoric has changed, not just President Biden, but European, UK leaders and so on, uh, you know, a year or so ago, it's very much about the green agenda, moving away from oil and gas production and refining, of course. And, and now apparently berating the, those industries for not doing enough. Um, it's an extraordinary turnaround. And, you know, th- there are some differences, aren't there, between gas and oil as far as this is concerned. You know, oil is a relatively fungible commodity. You can uh, ship it pretty much anywhere even though there are and slightly different grades that have to be treated differently in the, in the refineries and so on, um, but you know, with natural gas, uh, it's not a simple case of just shipping it all out by LNG pipeline gas from Russia that was destined for Western Europe. That's a bit more difficult to uh, uh, to displace and, and sell elsewhere on the market, isn't it? So sanctions there are presumably are actually causing a you know a, a contributing to a global shortage.
0: Yeah, definitely. We've had another mini spike in the market over the last week or, or so. Um, as I said, we were uh, we were experiencing fairly solid um, Nord Stream one uh, flows into um, into Germany, and that was helping push uh, storage um, injection rates re- really quite solid, sort of 10% above where they uh, were this time last year, and looking very strong. The market is focused on the Nord Stream maintenance for the, the 11th of next month uh, in July for 10 days uh, where it will go to zero. But what we're seeing now is that there is some maintenance that's been going on and depending on what way you want to look at it, either it's presented the uh, Russians with a with a good opportunity to, to start t- turning the screws on and turning the gas off Or the uh, West has shot itself in the foot with sanctions that mean that, uh, you know, the compressor maintenance and parts can't be done and completed and got back to uh, Russia uh, in time. So, I mean, and I'm sure it's a little from column A and a little from column B, but there is certainly a real crisis brewing in terms of... uh, the amount of natural gas coming out of Russia and into Western Europe. Uh, And and that, as we know, is is a huge problem because, you know, the UK is largely taking as much LNG as it can at the moment. Certainly, we've got medium-range storage at 99% full, and export capacity booked, um, you know, to, to to maximum engineering tolerances at the moment, or, or give or take. Um, and on that basis, there is nowhere for any more gas to go. We famously know that Germany can't, you know, doesn't have the capacity to receive LNG because it it went all in on Russian pipeline gas. You know, it's looking quite bleak from here. And um, I think markets are, are, are terrible at uh, the what-ifs. And I think this summer could be very, very, very difficult, you know, for anybody looking to forward buy next winter.
1: I suspect you're, you're right about that. I mean, the, the glass half full side of the story is, you know, there's quite a lot of gas in storage that getting that in has been been a successor in in the first half of this year. So there's a, you know, there's an element of uh, insurance there against what might happen over the coming months. But you look at the degree of dependence in Europe on Russian gas. We're not going to get off that um, straight away. And even though the UK consumes very little Russian gas directly, um, that's going to have an impact on our market right at the moment. Uh, We're flattered, if you like, because there's so much gas coming in via LNG and we can't store it and and the prices are low on the on the prompt market. But looking to, to the winter ahead, things are going to be pretty tight, both in gas and in power, I suspect.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, power, obviously, in the UK, the primary fuel cost and uh, fuel input is natural gas. So that has implications. There's, you know, um, there is uh, mood music about making sure that all of the available coal can run. Um, Unfortunately, you know, that's been decommissioned and flattened long since most of it. So, you know, there there is a limited amount there of diversification away from gas so that has a significant impact for the uk and then if you look further there's the uh, the the french nuclear issues which re- really haven't gone away and you can see from the the, the 23 pricing in france that it's at a uh, significant premium to uh, other european markets that are more coal or uh, or gas dependent and you know there is a general tightness and um difficulty it it seems in in, in whatever way you're going to look so i mean uh, you know obviously there is uh, consideration about uh, coal's not really being talked about in terms of shortage in supply terms i mean famously the eu before the august uh, coal ban has been stockpiling huge amounts of uh, of russian coal i mean um, it's uh, once again i say the you know the honesty in uh, what's actually going on is just seems to be completely absent but um Yeah, European winter for energy um, without any de-escalation in the current energy um, crisis uh, between Russia and uh, the West and Ukraine looks a pretty difficult place to be. And then that raises all sorts of other questions about deliverability, you know, state and regulatory intervention when it becomes impossible to deliver required volumes. Um, I mean... uh, it's worst case scenario but actually looking from where we are now it looks quite real
1: indeed and you know we shouldn't scare people listening to this uh, or be unduly pessimistic but those risks are pretty real you look at the numbers there may have to be some significant um, demand response of a uh, voluntary commercial nature or otherwise yeah. in order to make the, the numbers stack up next winter and that's a p- particular concern for energy intensive industries which are the most price sensitive users of the lot but you know just just to end on this you know, this raises huge questions about uh, where the economy is going here and elsewhere um, in, in America, across Europe. Um, we've been through a, a, a period of extraordinary low interest rates for a long period of time. The, those are being raised now but we've, the inflation is with us, coupled with this uh, issue of um, getting off um, Russian fuels. It's gonna be an uncomfortable time, isn't it? Um, and uh, you know, it's a brave person that predicts how things are gonna go over the coming months.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, that's uh, the, the, the politics of uh, war that, you know, that that's outside of my purview. But what I would say here is that on the inflation um, discussion, that you know the main driver in the inflation problem that we have at the moment, not the only one by any stretch of the imagination, but the main driver here is the energy price. And the reality of that is that it's not, you know, it doesn't look to to the outside world or even those of us that are looking at it from an energy specific point, that there are, you know, any attempts to resolve that anytime soon and by that I mean this winter. We're now in danger of course uh, with all of the strike action that's beginning in in the uk and uh, i'm sure in other parts of europe um ahead of the winter um we're now moving into the more classically driven inflationary sort of cycles so for me failure to address the energy becomes even more important in terms of what actually it looks like and whilst we're basking in you know fairly pleasant comfortable summer conditions it's fine but uh i think uh, the politicians need to be aware that uh they as politicians will not do well out of a um an awful crisis this winter if it comes to that
1: i'm i'm sure those are wise words and for those of us who uh... Just about old enough to remember the 1970s high inflation, economic problems, you know, industrial action, and above all, very high and spiking energy prices. Let's hope it doesn't also end up in energy rationing as well. Well, thank you, Jason, for taking us through all that. Perhaps one of the more depressing podcasts. Let's hope there's some good <laughs> news soon. Maybe it's a mild weather combined with high wind speeds and lots of solar output, or something that we can we can see taking taking the edge off the market for us. Uh, Thank you for navigating us through that. If you'd like to find out more, do have a look at our website, alphanergygroup.com forward slash UK and have a look at our reports there. And do listen out for another podcast again from us soon.